Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. A Thurston County football star has been missing for more than a year. Detectives are continuing to search for Investigators him. found the young man's car with his wallet and his cell phone inside. We're not certain that he's dead. We're not certain he's alive. It's what keeps me up at night. Totally out of character for him. Shinobi's family won't give up looking until they get answers. Just desperate to know he's okay. From Sasquatch Productions, this is Hide and Seek. The Investigation of Logan Schindelman. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys. In last week's episode, you heard my interview with Jonathan Ackerman, the man charged for the murder of Dakota Walker. In today's episode, you're going to hear from Vincent Garlock. He was present the night Dakota was killed. Allow me to give you a quick recap from last week's episode. Jonathan said that he and Vincent became friends when the two of them were cellmates while serving time in Pennsylvania. Vince finished his prison sentence and was released. Instead of serving out the rest of his sentence, Jonathan escaped prison and reunited with his old cellmate. When the two meet back up, Jonathan said that Vincent's wife wasn't fond of him because, according to Jonathan, he and Vince were sexually intimate with each other. Now, after escaping prison, Jonathan knew law enforcement would be looking for him and decided to head over to the West Coast. He devised a plan where the two of them could make a decent amount of money while traveling by committing white-collar crimes. The two continued to do this as they made their way to California. This is where Jonathan states they met Dakota for the first time. He also claims that he and Dakota struck up more of an intimate relationship. At some point, Dakota decides to go with John and Vincent and the three men head north until they arrive in Washington. While in Washington, John claims that Vincent's wife was involved in some sort of domestic dispute back in Pennsylvania, causing the three men to drive back across the country and as he puts it, settle the score. After doing so, Jonathan, Dakota, Vincent, and Vincent's wife all travel back to Washington. Once they're back, John and Vince stick to the plan and continue committing their previous white-collar crimes. Dakota was present during the times majority of these crimes were being committed, but as I understand it, Dakota wasn't participating in them. It was more of him just riding along with them. And after some time, Dakota started feeling conflicted with what was going on and wanted to cut ties with Vince and John. From what I've read, Dakota was taking notes of these crimes and wanted to turn himself in, along with Jonathan and Vince. As it was written, Jonathan became aware of the notes written in Dakota's phone detailing their crimes. Jonathan states this part of the story is untrue. He said he never came across any of Dakota's notes and that this was made up by the media. Today, when speaking with Jonathan, he claims that when the three of them would partake in criminal activity, it was done in the middle of the night, usually around the time of 1 a.m. They would go to mailboxes, steal people's mail, and eventually steal their identity. As the story goes, it was late one night in October when the three men were driving around Thurston County breaking into mailboxes. Jonathan was at the wheel of the van, Dakota in the front passenger seat, and Vincent in the back. John was taking their group towards Capitol Forest. At some point, Jonathan pulled over to the side of the road so Dakota could use the bathroom. 
Once Dakota exited the vehicle, he was shot multiple times. His body was dragged into the woods and the two men proceeded to drive away, leaving Dakota's lifeless body behind. His remains were found in the bushes at Margaret McKinney Campground by a woman walking her dog. Apparently, this individual reported seeing a man sleeping in the bushes and was concerned, considering it was raining and cold. She wasn't aware that Dakota had already passed. Jonathan and Vincent both admitted to being present at the time of the shooting. They gave nearly identical statements, except with one key difference being who pulled the trigger. The state prosecutor noted, it's clear that Ackerman had the motive to kill Dakota. Ackerman was Dakota's boyfriend. He was the one who was controlling Dakota. She also indicated, one of the people who was closest to Dakota said that Jonathan threatened her and said he would put a bullet between her eyes and shoot her when she was least expecting it. The state believes that this is what happened to Dakota, that he was shot when he was least expecting it. The prosecutor described Ackerman as a pretty skilled criminal, but explained that he made a significant error by keeping the GPS running in his vehicle in the days before and after Dakota's death. Based on the GPS information, the state believed that Dakota was murdered the morning of October 17th and that Jonathan visited the crime scene twice in the days following Dakota's death. She also stated that at the same time, someone was sending messages to Dakota's friends, pretending to be Dakota. The prosecutor continues on saying, one thing that is troubling, I think not only for everyone who has worked on this case, but especially for Dakota's mother, is that she doesn't know what happened in the moments of her son's last moments of his life. We know that he was shot six times. We know he had a wound on his hand, a wound that says to us that he wasn't killed right away, that he used his hand to deflect a shot. We've not been able to get information about why Dakota was shot at this particular moment. The only thing that I can deduce is that Mr. Ackerman shot Dakota when he was least expecting it, just like he threatened to do to others. Jonathan was scheduled to go to trial in March of 2018. On January 9th, 2018, Jonathan accepted a plea offer to an, an amended charge of murder in the second degree violence. The state agreed to recommend 240 months incarceration with 36 months of community custody. Vincent negotiated a plea deal and is apparently set to be released this next year. During my interview with Jonathan, he states that Vincent was the one who shot Dakota. He said the criminal mastermind behind Dakota's death was Vincent's wife, and that not only did she order the hit on Dakota, but she was also present when Vincent murdered him. John also claims the person behind the Diana Garlic Facebook profile is Vince's wife. Now, let's dive into my conversation with Vince. So one of the things was just a li- I was a little bit weary is, you know, coming into this, it, I didn't want to get like back and forth between what I say or what Jonathan said, or because I, I literally could have no idea what he said to you. And he could literally say anything to you. I didn't put anything past him. Yeah. That's why I kind of wanted to have that pre-phone call, phone call. Just like I, you know, like I say, like I'm saying to you, I'm questioning the things that he says too, you know, and I, I guess the best way to phrase it, I know a car salesman when I see one and I talk to one. And so I know when someone's blowing smoke and someone's being truthful and honest. I don't even really care what he said. It really does not even matter to me. 
So that way I just, I don't have any knowledge of what he said. I'm here just because you seem like an honest person. And like I said, if there's any way that I can help, I will help and whatnot, so. You had your wife visit her name? Uh, she goes by on the Facebook. Her middle name is that's oh. why she goes by that. And uh, my name is kind of synonymous with trouble where she's from, so she yeah. doesn't really put that on on her Facebook. But so she but, had yeah, a chance she, to look up my information, or I guess look me up, and she said that. Yeah, she basically pretty much told me everything that you told me. Type of work that you do, what you were working on, and you know that you were an athlete at Tumwater and the other stuff. So it just. But she looked at. Uh, I don't know what she really what she did, but she just she really didn't have nothing, you know, bad to say. So and yeah. I trust her judgment. She has good judgment. So. I probably wouldn't be in this position if if I had trusted her more. So nowadays, I just let her make the decision. Okay, so I'm going to kind of go through a quick run-through just so we're all caught up on making sure I understand your story straight. You and Jonathan were cellmates back in Pennsylvania. You eventually got out of prison before he did, but you guys were close in prison. Yes, we were cellmates. When he broke out of prison, it was May 25th, I believe, of 2016. And he then links up with you. He contacted you, I think, by Facebook. Is that accurate so far? Yep, sounds about right. My long-term memory is is kind of poor, so I have to... But yeah, that sounds about right. His words were... wasn't really a fan of him because... As he put it, is that you guys were seeing each other and she didn't like that. And he said that's why she didn't like him. I don't know how much is true of that, but you guys eventually... I'm kind of seeing each other is kind of vague. Okay. mean like dating. Like physically intimate. Yeah, no. No, that has never happened. So he's (laughs) lying about that. Yeah, I don't... uh, Yeah, never even... I mean, I let him stay at the house... Um, but even when we're Shelly's, I'm just, uh, I don't have none of those tendencies. I don't think that there's anything wrong with someone being homosexual or bisexual or whatever. Uh, that's just, has never been the case for me. For him to say didn't like him, is that because choices of, you know, um, lifestyle choices or? Um, I think it's more of his personality. I, it's really hard if you haven't met him and talked to him in person, but he has a really awful putting personality for a lot of people and my wife like you said a bullshit detector she detected it right away and it's not so much that we were even like good friends it's just that he led me to believe that he could do certain things to get money albeit illegally through you know identity theft and all this other stuff and you know none of that actually came to fruition so doesn't like him because she feels like it's just his personality doesn't really sit well with her which is understandable i mean i've talked to jonathan for quite a while yeah and i mean he's he tried to slide a little comment into her before to like you know we had been together in prison i've known since elementary school and so she's just like for him to say that why would he say that he's i just know that he was trying to be divisive and manipulative yeah that was one of the reasons that he didn't that she didn't like like why would he say this like you wouldn't say that to another person's wife you know what i mean unless you were trying to cause division right 
it's hard to describe her because she's a pretty amazing woman. Like through all the stuff that I've done and all this stuff, like she's a very understanding person. And if that was the case, she would be like, all right, well, whatever. That is what it is. The only reason that she would have been upset by that would be like, why didn't you tell me? That would have been the upsetting thing for him. Not that anything had actually happened, but that I didn't tell her first. That would be the upsetting thing for her. But since she knows that, yeah, she, she knows that, she'd be like, wow, well, why would he say something like that? That is just an example of a couple of things that had happened that she'd be like, what's with this dude? So when he breaks out, he contacts you. He told me he was transparent with you with the fact that he, what was going on, that he had broken out and that he wanted to go west and get away from Pennsylvania. And so you guys went west, you know, all the way to California, basically. Along the way. Okay, so no. Before we go forward, try to remember what Jonathan says compared to what Vincent says. We've already heard one conflict of testimonies between the two. Jonathan told me that Vince's wife disliked him because Vince and John were sexual with each other. Vince said nothing like that ever happened. Now, you just heard Vince saying that John wasn't upfront with him about escaping prison. No, I didn't know he had quote-unquote escaped from wherever he went to. I think he was supposed to go to a halfway house. I didn't know that until about a month after the fact, two months after the fact. How did you find out? So, well, so at one time, like, he's very weird about driving, and I was just kind of, like, willy-nilly about driving, so sometimes I was going too fast or I suddenly put on the brakes, like, he would just, like, kind of have, like, a mini freak-out, and at one of those points, like, I was just like, dude, I can't even, I can't even take you, like, I'm just about to drop you off somewhere and be on my way, because I, I don't know what your problem is. And, well, that was whenever he pulled up his little thing on the FBI and was like, well, I didn't really get out of prison. I, like, I was supposed to go to this halfway house, and I never went. And that was all the reasons why he would always want me to drive, why he always had a problem with me driving. I guess he was afraid of drawing too much. And me, I had my license just fine. So if I got into a traffic stop or a minor accident, there was really no problem for me because everything about me was legit. You're not worried that you're, you know, a traffic violation is going to send you back to prison. So. Right. When all these little things he's kind of like freaking out about is kind of, I'm just kind of like, what is going on? It's got to be more than just I was in an accident before and I'm, you know, critical of other people's driving. Right. If that had been the case, then you would drive. But he also, that was not an option either. And yeah. that was when he showed me his little thing on the FBI and he was like, well... You know, I kind of didn't report to wherever I was report to, and I'm on the run. So it was a halfway house he didn't report to. It, was, it wasn't like an actual prison that he snuck out of? No, he was in prison. I mean, and this is what he told me. Is that I believe that he was supposed to report to a halfway house, and he didn't report to a halfway house. He had his mom drop him off somewhere else and whatever. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what a halfway house is or how it works... A halfway house is an umbrella term. It is a residence located in the community where individuals are sent to either one, serve a portion or all of their sentence, or two, serve a specified amount of time after they've been released from federal prison in order to prepare for re-entering the community. They are also known as community correction centers, or more recently, residential re-entry centers. The Bureau of Prisons is trying to move in the direction of using these residences solely for people leaving prison, as opposed to a place where a person can serve their entire sentence. 
Halfway houses have rules, treatment programs, work requirements, and curfews. For individuals that are sent to serve at the end of their prison sentences, time at the halfway house is generally focused on reentry preparation, including job training and drug treatment. Majority of all individuals sent to a halfway house at the end of their prison sentences will be required to go outside the halfway house during the day to work or participate in drug treatment. In my opinion, Jonathan kind of led me to believe that he escaped a federal prison and walked right out the front doors. But Vince is saying his mom dropped him off somewhere and that's how John escaped. All right. So when you, you said about two months down the road, once you're eventually like, dude, what, like, why are you tripping out? Right. Yeah. Where were you at in the States when he had confided to you and opened up to you that, Hey, I actually like left. I think we were on about uh, on our way to Chicago. So I think we were somewhere after, you know, in between, you know, after Ohio on our way to Chicago. What was in Chicago? Um, nothing really. I don't know. You know, when we picked our route coming over here, we kind of picked some bigger cities where he could do the identity theft thing. And we also picked places that we always wanted to go through. You know, one of the things was the St. Louis Arch. So we could go straight from Chicago downward and see the Arch. Now, she's is she along for the ride when you guys are traveling from... No. There's a point where... She was, so she was on methadone and whatnot, and she also was taking care of her grandmother, so we had, so she stayed there. Also, I really didn't know, I was just leaving, I I was just hoping to go out here, make a bunch of money, send some home, and I really didn't know what what was going to happen, so that was another reason why uh, I didn't take her along. What was the decision when Jonathan met up with you in Pennsylvania and after he had just, you know, fled? Was the, what was the conversation like, hey, let's head back west to go make money over there? Or like to go um, along this journey and make money along the way? It was more like both. Because he wanted to be somewhere on the west coast and I had always wanted to move somewhere on the west coast as well. So our plans were a little bit different. His plan was to make money along the way go over there because on the west coast I guess was I guess technological crime capitals I guess of the world is more technological stuff over here I suppose for me I wanted to go and kind of like scout out where I could go and me and my wife move over so I was kind of along for the ride yes make money get over here make money but also eventually like when I got over here scout out a place where me and my wife could go and live places where there were welding jobs or you know stuff like that that I could do so on your way at some point in time through Ohio from what the report shows is that you guys had linked up with Dakota but from the sounds of it you were driving your own car what kind of car was it we had the van Oh, so it was a van. Okay. Or no, no. Okay, no. No. I, yes, it was my car. It was my car. I must forgot. It was a Ford Focus. That's what we drove the first time was the Ford Focus. Okay. I had bought it whenever I was in Pennsylvania. What year was it? Uh, no, early 2000s. Did it have, like, GPS? Did it have any of that kind of stuff? Uh, I had a serious radio, so... Uh, it didn't have like no touch screens or nothing like that. I mean, I mean, I had to imagine I had a GPS for automakers, you know, but it didn't have like a GPS. We you mostly used phones and a TomTom. When you guys were heading out in your Ford Focus, 
You have 60 seconds remaining. You want to call me back? Yep. Okay. I'll be right back. Before we got interrupted, I had asked Vince if the Ford Focus he was driving had GPS in it. Remember, Jonathan is claiming to have new evidence that somehow is going to help him in his appeal. Jonathan also said that Vince was in Washington before Logan disappeared. He even emphasizes that Vince was in Washington the week of Logan's disappearance. Before we dive back into our interview, something I read and haven't been able to understand is when Vince and Jonathan first met Dakota. Jonathan said he first met Dakota in LA, but many reports I've read mention how Dakota met the two for the first time when traveling on a Greyhound bus to Washington. Obviously, we know Vince and John drove themselves in Vince's focus. So, I'm curious to know when and where Vince says they first met. Quick backstory. Before Dakota joined Vince and Jonathan, he was living with his girlfriend and her mother. This was in Mainsfield, Ohio. I reached out to Dakota's ex-girlfriend to ask why he left. She told me that it wasn't until recently they found out a neighbor of theirs said something to the landlord about Dakota living with them and was making complaints. The landlord told the mother that Dakota had a month to find somewhere else to live or she was being evicted. Dakota then reached out to his sister, who lived in Oregon. She welcomed Dakota to come and stay with her. Dakota's ex-girlfriend told me she remembers the day very clearly. She drove Dakota to the Greyhound bus stop that was next to the 7-Eleven gas station. I asked her, do you remember physically seeing him get on in the bus taking off? She replied, yes. She told me that Dakota wrote her about how he met a couple of cool guys on the Greyhound and they started hanging out. Somewhere along the way, he left with them. After that, she didn't hear from Dakota for a while and became a concern. And I'd like to add that the two were still dating when Dakota moved out of her and her mother's residence. After some time, Dakota messaged her back on Facebook saying how the guys left him stranded with no clothes and took all of his stuff. He found his way to a library and messaged her from their computers. He told her that he was okay. Some more time had gone by and she hadn't heard from him. She wrote me the following. He made a Facebook post that said help and sent his location. I still was unable to contact him and then randomly one night I got a message that said, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. We're done. I tried and tried to contact him like, what was going on? I was very confused. Last I knew he was in trouble. Why was he breaking up with me? I never heard from him. I was contacted by a woman named Mary. I believe she had told me she had met Dakota and was his friend. She saw him leave with these guys and I guess Jonathan had taken over his Facebook. He deleted and blocked me from Dakota's page and took us out of a relationship and said that Dakota was in a relationship with him on Facebook. Then she sent me a link and that's when I found out that Dakota was found in Washington, unidentified. I contacted his sisters and mom and that's when they identified. It was Dakota. When you guys are heading west and you guys go through Ohio, was that when you guys meet Dakota? No, we had never met Dakota until we got to Oregon. Really? So, because that was like the yes. story was that you guys met on a bus on your way over. No, we had never taken the bus. We had the car. Okay. You guys travel all the way west. Do you guys eventually get to California and then go up, or do you guys go to Oregon... We come in down at the bottom of California and take I-5 up. All right, so then you get up to Oregon. Uh, do you remember what time of the year now it was when you guys arrived in Oregon? Oh, man. Somewhere around August. 
you guys meet Dakota, how did that interaction start? Okay, so during this time, as we're going all across the U.S., he's meeting random guys on Tinder and Grinder, and I believe that's how he met Dakota. Was he catfishing people One day at all? I just came to the hotel. What's this? Dakota was dating a girl, so was he catfishing anybody, or how did that... Oh, no, Dakota was definitely bisexual. He meets him on Tinder or Grindr, but he also was having other guys meet him at the hotel. Is that right? Yeah. And just random hookups? I mean, as far as I know, yes. Were you ever around for these, when these guys would come by? I mean, or did you guys get separate rooms, or...? Uh, we usually got the same room, but, like, I would go out and just, like, if he was like, hey, there's someone coming over, and I would just roll out and go kind of do my own thing, take the car, drive around. Did he ever make a pass at you? No, that's what, and it's funny, because my wife is always like, I knew he was in love with you, I always knew it, but, I mean, he never ever, I mean, as far as I can tell, I mean, I'm sure that I would be able to tell, at least it happened multiple times, but never ever once it was like, hey, you know, are you into guys, or, you know, do you want to get down, or anything like that. Never happened? Not to me, and like I said, he had all these guys getting them off online, so... Okay, so he meets up with Dakota from the online dating app Tinder or Grindr. Yeah, and I'm going to say, so this was all, so my wife, I had been seeing her at September, so this would have had to have been earlier in the year, because uh, we were in Washington for a couple months before I left to go back over there, so if I saw her in September, so this would have been sometime, you know, earlier, maybe, maybe around June or July. That you make your way up to Oregon and meet Dakota? Yes, somewhere okay. around there, June or July. From what John said, he said that you guys, the three of you, including Dakota, went back to Pennsylvania because it sounds like, unfortunately, had been involved in some sort of domestic incident where someone may may have attacked her. And so the three of you guys went back there and, as he put it, to settle the score or something. Uh, Yeah, my wife had been beat up by some guy and his girlfriend. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. She just had, like, a black eye and stuff, but still, it just kind of pissed me off. Oh, absolutely. The relationship between Dakota and Jonathan, from what I've read, is is Dakota was like a slave, just was abusive towards Dakota. It was definitely abusive, but I I don't know really what the context of slave would be, but it was definitely abusive, verbal, and it never went physical in front of me. So I can't say that that happened. I really have never seen John really hit anybody. But just the way that he talked to him and always threatening to kick him out, whatever. So I would definitely say that was abusive. Kick him out, like, from you guys hanging out? Like, from him staying with you guys? Yeah, from staying with us wherever we were or whatever. Why would he threaten him to do that? Like, why, what would be the motive? Like, why would Jonathan lose it to the point where he's like, I'm going to... Uh, I think that the Dakota would talk to other guys or oh. other girls. Sometimes, I guess, if Dakota was talking back to him or something. or It's just it's hard because I know when people think about me and Jonathan, like, being friends, like, it might come across like we were best friends. But I really did kick it with the guy a whole lot. I really did not like him. Like, we wanted to sit around and play Xbox. If we'd get somewhere after driving, and like, okay, here's the game plan of how we're going to get money, blah, blah, blah. You do your thing. I do my thing. And we meet in the middle, do the job, and then we roll out. 
you know, I did not care for the way that he treated Dakota or treated any of the other guys for that matter. It wasn't my place to say or do anything. Was Jonathan using Dakota's phone and communicating with other people pretending to be Dakota? Well, at the reports from the trial or from the case uh, had insinuated that. At other times, I really couldn't tell you what happened before that. Uh, that's the only time that I know of, yeah. but it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility. I talked to Dakota's ex-girlfriend. She said he messaged me and says the guys left him stranded with no clothes and took all of his stuff. Do you recall that? There was twice that Jonathan had kicked Dakota out. One time was, I think we were in Oregon, and uh, he definitely just drove off, came back, and Dakota wasn't there. What happened? Oh, I kicked him the fuck out. Because I remember he did have Dakota's clothes and stuff were still in the back. So I was like, he just, and he was like, yeah, kick him out, told him to fucking hitchhike or something. It's messed up. And I believe that fight was just over, like, Dakota saying, like, dude, I don't, I don't want to be with you anymore, or I don't want to be your boyfriend, or whatever. If you go to Dakota's Facebook profile, you'll notice that he posted on August 4th, HELP ME PLEASE, in all caps. He checked in at Clark County, Vancouver, Washington. I can't confirm that this post was one of the times Dakota was left stranded because Jonathan abandoned him. You guys head back to Pennsylvania. You guys come back out. The three of you. Is with you when you guys come back out? Yes. He is with me this time when we come back out. And was that because of the domestic incident? Because I know you mentioned earlier she had the methadone. Well, when I went back, that, that guy had skipped town. We had stayed there for a little while, for like a month or two, before we came back over here. Now you guys head back to the West Coast from Pennsylvania, and now are you driving the van? Or are you driving a car? You're, you're focused still? or We're driving my wife's Subaru. Jonathan was driving a van. Okay, so... He has a Subaru. You had the Focus. Jonathan got the van. We did not have the Focus anymore. Okay. So when you drove the Subaru, you had gotten the Subaru back in Pennsylvania? Yes. We had, that had been my wife's car for a long time. So you go from Pennsylvania back to the West Coast. You guys go straight back to Oregon or? No, we go straight back to Washington. Yeah, at this time, we didn't drive together. Me and my wife took our own route to Washington and Joey and Jonathan and Dakota took their own route. Where was the plan to meet up at? Like just in Washington State or was there a specific city? No, in Washington. We had went to go visit a friend out in eastern Washington. We stayed out there for about a week and then we met Jonathan somewhere around Olympia. Did you go to Benton City? Yes. And in Benton City were you guys, basically what I was told is, is that you guys had gotten a, a, like a, almost like a school bus and were cooking out of there and turning weed into, extracting it basically into oil. Well, we went over there because we, my friend had a, well, our friend had a grow. And so we stayed over there for the week or two and helped him cut his grow up and uh, whatnot, however that works. And, but it was just you and Jonathan and Dakota weren't in Benton City. No, they weren't there at that time. They were um, doing something. I 
really don't know. Jonathan was like, yeah, I was in Benton City. I didn't like it. It was deserty. I didn't like the landscape, the people. You were not with me one day to go retrieve my wife's laptop. That was the only time he ever went out there. Where did you come from to retrieve the laptop? So me and my wife had left to go meet him, and then I realized we had left my wife's laptop out there, and me and Jonathan had drove back to get it real quick. Well, not real quick, because it's quite a ways away, but we had drove back, because at this time, my wife is still getting sick, and we don't know she's pregnant yet. So she is sick, so we leave her where me and her were staying at courtside. I don't know. Yeah, I imagine you're probably familiar with that apartment complex. Olympia is out beside the Copper Trail apartment complex. Yep. It's right across from Yager Park. So she's feeling sick and whatnot, so we leave her there and go out and get the laptop. It's like a four-and-a-half, four-hour drive. It's a long drive. Oh, from Olympia to out there? It's about that. Oh, that's a long, yeah, that's a long, long drive. So he comes with you out to Benton City, you retrieve the laptop, you go back. Is there ever conversation that he's looking through Dakota's phone? Because that's the motive. That's what I've, you know, what I've read, is that he's looking through Dakota's phone and sees Dakota. Wait, repeat that, come again. He's looking, looking for Dakota's wife. The report is that Jonathan had been going through Dakota's phone and saw notes. Oh, going through his phone. Yeah, and saw notes that Dakota was like, I'm done with this lifestyle. I don't like this. And he was going to turn himself in, including you guys with, you know, identity fraud, the way that you guys were making money. How much of that is true? To this day, Jonathan has never given me a reason why he did what he did. If I mean... I don't see why Dakota would turn anybody in. Dakota could have just left like he left many other times. I mean, like, like whenever he got kicked out, uh, he could have just never came back. I never knew about any of, as far as, like, Dakota wanting to be with other girls or him getting jealous. I never knew about any of that stuff till I got it in, like, the discovery for the case. I do know, as at other times... Jonathan being upset that, like I said, Dakota didn't like want to be with him in the boyfriend sense or like have a relationship. And that kind of, I guess, made Jonathan upset. But at the time of what happened, uh, I had spent most of the time with my wife and the times that I was with Jonathan to do, do the licks and to get the money. He never mentioned being angry with Dakota or anything like that. So all that kind of stuff became known to you after the fact? Yes. Fast forward to the night of Dakota's murder. The way it was presented was that this was something that you and Jonathan had planned because Dakota was going to turn himself in, which included you guys. From what you're saying, that was not something that you were aware of. And is that right? That you didn't know that that's what Jonathan was going to do? I had known that, me and my wife would like would have just left. I would have wanted to know part of that. And to do it like he did, it was just stupid. It make, I just, yeah, no. My plan that night was to go do the burglary and to go back to the apartment to my wife. So you guys were out. I, mean, I imagine it was late in the night when you guys are committing these crimes. We have 60 seconds remaining. Dang it. Okay. Called me right back? Yep. I'll okay. be right back. Okay. So, okay. you're not aware of what, what he's got planned, what he's doing. He doesn't mention anything like that to you. No. 
you guys go out. Is this something that you guys normally did at night, right? Yes. Okay. When you guys were in the van, John was driving. You were in the back seat, and Dakota was the passenger front yeah. seat? Yes. It sounds like you guys went to state or Capitol State yes. Forest. Yes, the cap- yes, Capitol Park. So you guys go there, and the story goes that Dakota was going to use the restroom. So he's going to step out and take a piss or something. It's about 2 or 3 in the morning after we get done doing the burglary. Um, we're going to drop me off at the apartment and Jonathan said that he wanted to go mail, uh, boxing or whatever, where you steal people's mail. Okay. So I said, whatever. Now we had all of these sleeping bags in the back. So I jumped in the sleeping bag and reclined back on the seat and went to sleep. At that point, they were driving around, doing whatever. They go to the park, and then that's when uh, Jonathan shoots Dakota. Dakota was already out of the van at the point when he shoots him, from what I understand. Yes. The gun that he uses to shoot him, do you know where he got that gun from? bought it at some point whenever we were in Pennsylvania. Well, he had told me, he's like, that was grandmother's gun. No, Arlene didn't have any guns. Not that were hers. She might have had old ones from Joe, but I've never seen any guns of hers in the house. The gun that was used on Dakota, that was that couldn't have been any of grandmother's guns. No, that was not Arlene's or anyone. Did that gun get confiscated? I, I never saw. Did the law enforcement get their hands on the gun, or did he get rid of it? Not that I know of. From the report, you wake up to a gunshot. Yeah. And then what happened? He had reached over the passenger side seat and shot out the passenger window. So it must have been like he pulled off, Dakota jumped out, didn't move very far away from the vehicle, and just he, he shoots him. You wake up. What's your next move? When I wake up, Jonathan is getting out of the driver's seat, and he's walking across the hood of the car. I don't even see Dakota. Did you say anything to him? Like, you know, what the fuck's going on? There's not even... I don't even get a chance at that time. The next time I see him is he jumps in the car... I get in the passenger seat, and I don't even say anything to him. We're driving for a couple minutes, and I just said, what was that about? And he said, it had to be done. And those were the only words we spoke for the whole rest of the ride home. How long of a drive was that? Mm, 15 minutes. Stopped and got a stop at McDonald's and got a Coke. He did? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Did you get anything? No. I mean, how? who does that? Who stops by McDonald's after shooting somebody? I don't know. I don't know either. At any moment, I mean, did you even think, like, hey, is he about to flip on me? Is he going to use it on me? Like, I would have been, like... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, first thing I'm thinking is, is he worried I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, flip on him? Is and, and does he feel I'm a threat and needs to take me out? Well, after... I just wanted to make it to the apartment first. Um, I knew that he was out of bullets 
um, because he just he just shot so many times that I knew that there couldn't have been any bullets. But then at the same time, I didn't want to take my chance, so I just, like I said, I just pretty much didn't say nothing until he got back to the apartment. Back to the apartment, pulling apart lot, he said like a couple things. I really. I really don't remember what he said. I wasn't even listening. I was just saying yes, uh-huh, yep. Um, and then after that day, I never, uh, we went to get my wife's laptop. We went after that happened, and that was the last time that I had spent any time with him. So when you went to go get the laptop in Benton City, that was after Dakota had been shot? Yes. I mean, like we said, that's a long drive. I didn't know that. So during that drive, I mean, when you, okay, so when you get back to the apartment, it's early in the morning, you go inside, you're processing. Do yeah. you tell No. What was the thought process no. behind not telling her? Um, it's because I don't, I just, I don't want her to know anything just in case, um, just in case she doesn't really uh, hold her tongue very well. Um, you know, for her to say something to him and, you know, at this point I have to be gone during the day at some points to go hustle off some of the stuff that I, you know, that I steal at night to be, you know, a hundred percent honest, you know, no way you know, that I feel like I could protect her 24 seven at that point. So I don't want anything to come to a head. Also, you know, when cops, uh, if they were to get involved, which they eventually did, she wouldn't lie to them whenever she said she didn't know anything. And when Dakota was shot, you guys didn't move his body, right? Jonathan had moved the body. That's that's why he was, I guess, found like a couple feet into the woods. But he didn't pick up the body and drive it somewhere else. Like No, he just dumped it right there on the side of the road. All right, so during that trip to Benton City and back, is there any more talks about this and like is it ever brought back up no i mean at this point i so my charge is for possession of felony possession of a firearm so at this point i don't go nowhere with them without my gun yeah i mean so that's one of the reasons why when we went and another reason too is if if i'm with him i know that he's not anywhere near where my wife is I know a lot of people are like, how could you drive around after that happened? Well, one, I have a gun, and I mean, I'm changing now, but at that point, like, that that doesn't scare me. I'm, you know, I got my own gun at this point, too, and, you know, it's not like I was an angel. You can hold your own. I mean, even if it physically got, you know, physical between you and Jonathan, you probably can roll him, I'd imagine. I feel like that is pretty uh, accurate. She never went on these night runs with you guys to, you know, when you guys were hustling. Like when you guys were going out like at, you know, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. to collect or steal what you guys are doing. She no. never went with you guys to no, do those things. No, go. Never. You get back from Benton City. Eventually, the body's found. Are you guys aware? I mean, was he keeping tabs? Did you guys talk about, like, hey, they found the body? Like, uh, He had texted me one time, I think, and let me know that they had... There was actually somebody else in the apartment complex that we were living at that they thought it was somebody else around the apartment complex that they hadn't seen for a couple of days. And when he showed the people I was living with, they were like, hey, I think this is so-and-so. I know exactly who it was. So by the time he texted me, I had already known. He wasn't anywhere near the area. He had left this area 
And, you know, we, like I said, after that happened, besides me going to get the laptop, we really, we didn't hang out. When I got over here with my wife, we didn't even hang out anymore. You know that he says that you're the person who pulled the trigger. Of course. So he said to me, Vince was feeling threatened by Dakota because Dakota and I had this relationship and that Vince felt like he was getting, getting X'd out basically of the lover's quarrel, I guess, or whatever. Not true. No. Did you have any problems with Dakota? Did you guys, I mean, did you like, did you guys get along? No, did you talk I much? Like, I mean, we got along because, you know, we would talk about, you know, pop music and bands at the time, and we would smoke weed. He'd like to smoke weed. I like to smoke weed, but Jonathan really didn't like to smoke weed. I like to, I don't like hard drugs, but I, I do like to smoke weed, and I, we did some acid and stuff together. We were kind of, you know, I don't know. Jonathan was like an 80-year-old man, but we got together on a, on a friend type of level. I mean, as far as threatened, he's been telling that since anything happened, and I mean, I know that looking at my record, it might seem like I'm kind of like a violent person or I blow my top easy. I mean, but that's really not the case. Anything in my record, I have a I have an aggravated assault with a vehicle, which I had a passenger in, in a DUI accident, and I got this possession of a firearm. The rest of my stuff, I mean, if you ask anybody, I'm not really violent. I try to draw as less attention to myself as possible. Deviating with somebody and having incidences are not a good way to keep low profile. Eventually, word gets out, they found the body. How long is it afterwards till you guys get arrested? Mm, two weeks. And then through, that was kind of through social media and that they had put Dakota with you two. Yes. Whenever they had uh, asked around and stuff, of course, Jonathan came up. And then with him, of course, I came up. I mean, was there ever a moment where you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna. I you know take my lickings and and. But I. I don't want to go down for this. Like I. I'd, I know I'll probably get a reduced sentence if I come forward when I share and I provide. Like, did that cross your mind at all? No. You know. I don't agree with what Jonathan did, but I also am a firm believer in not telling on people. You still feel that way today? Yeah, I still feel like you should. You said the police were going to get him regardless. He did so much stupid shit with the Facebook stuff, with how he acted with Dakota in front of other people, with how I, it's just, I don't know. That's, that's part of the life. You don't, don't tell on people. If cops are going to find somebody, they're going to find somebody. I don't maybe necessarily think that is the right way or whatever, but, in, 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 and I'm speaking specifically just in our, you know, in, in, in our line of work, that if something was to happen, you don't tell on him. And I don't like what he did, and I definitely don't agree with what he did, but it didn't have nothing to do with me. So you're arrested, and then the rest is kind of history with, with the sentencing and everything. I got nine years for the felony possession of a firearm. But it sounds like you're getting out sooner rather than the nine years. I get a third off. They have a third off here. So anything that's not violent is you get a third off. So. Okay, so we've gone through most of the interview with Vince. So far, if I had to choose between Vince and John as to who's telling the truth and who's lying, my money would be on Vince, giving me a more accurate depiction of what happened. And Jonathan is lying. But that's just my opinion. Before I share the final part of our interview, 
I wanted to read you guys some emails I received from John before my interview with Vince. Jonathan wrote me the following. Oh, by the way, is Diana. Use the dark web to create Diana. I can prove that with her online chatroom accounts, emails, and I have copies of a Washington photo ID with face and Diana's name, as well as a copy of a birth certificate with Diana's name that was on phone. Are you seeing the link? I just want to know how you found out about Diana. It blows my mind. He wrote me another at 1.50 a.m. James, so I've not seen a picture of the person you are talking about, so let's do this. Send me a photo lineup. Send me four to six photos, and I will let you know if I see the person that I know as Logan. Maybe number the photos or emails you send them. Also, I can provide the last name of Logan that appears on the profiles used to contact sex chat room. Later that night, at 2.30 a.m., John wrote me again. James, I'm still receiving more information from my guy. It's trickling in little by little. It's a lot of data to go through. So Vincent's phone and car were in Tumwater, Washington on May 20th. The first ping was at 6.40 a.m., which was in Olympia. Then he traveled down I-5 southbound, turned around, went north of I-5, turned back around, went southbound on I-5, stopped on the highway shoulder for several minutes, went back to Tumwater, then Yelm. The car stops at Yelm and restarts again at 11.43 p.m. in Yelm, where he drives into Capitol Forest in Olympia. His car is stationary from 12.43 a.m. to 2.14 a.m. Then he drives to Olympia and turns the car off. Four minutes later, he sends me another email. If you put more money on my phone, I will call. I remember this kid had some mental health problems. I remember him saying that he was originally from the East Coast, somewhere I think Florida. He looks similar to Dakota. Have you seen Dakota? Last name was a weird one. Schumann or Schnedman. Something Jewish, I think, but I could be wrong. Allow me to say this first. Guys, I'm not gullible. I've talked and interviewed a large number of individuals. I have a pretty good indication when things are off. I wrote Jonathan back. Wow, okay. So what you just shared is wild. You sure you can provide proof of Vince and being in Washington and the messages of interacting with Logan? Hopefully you'll appreciate me being upfront, but allow me to be frank with you. You're not researching the case and sharing info that you think I want to hear? The time is now 2.55 a.m. Jonathan wrote back, James, I have no ability to research the case. I don't know anything about Logan, his full name, where he's from, or anything like that. We don't have access to internet in here, only our email. The only information I have access to is the information I told you about that I have, the research I did on my case. So I'm a really straightforward guy. What could I hope to attain from playing games with you? Quite honestly, I'm excited about the possibility that Vincent may be involved in this kid's disappearance and that I can help myself by helping you. If I lie to you, then it doesn't help me much now, does it? So I'm tired, it's late, and I'm a little frustrated that I put in this time and effort just to have you question my integrity. So last chance, you either want the information or you don't. If you don't, please remove yourself from my JPay and quit wasting my time. If you do, then let's make a deal and arrangements to pay and move forward. If there is more money on my phone, I will call you. 
The time is 3.08 a.m. Jonathan wrote, Sorry to be so rude, but I don't like games either. I can only imagine you're skeptical of me based on my background. Regardless of it, I don't like games and I'm very straightforward. I don't have time to play games with you, nor do I care to. Thank you for the stamps. They are very much appreciated. I'm a broke prisoner, so I don't have much. I've spent all of my money on lawyers and investigators trying to go home. If this turns out to be Vincent, I am a free man. So tell me, James, why wouldn't I want to help you, and why wouldn't I want to tell you the truth? Also, the kid loved to smoke weed, which we also discussed. Five minutes later, I got another email from him. I can provide proof of everything I just told you, through combination of car GPS data and phone records, along with emails and chat history. I have to warn you though, the chat history is very sexually explicit. I chose not to respond and went to bed. The following morning, John emailed me. I apologize for my candor and irritation last night. Regardless of where we go from here, I am trying hard to be a better person. So I want to apologize for the way I spoke to you last night. I'm sorry. To answer your question without any irritation, no James, I am not researching the case and feeding you information that I think you want to hear. I'm not sure what makes you think I even have the ability to do research like that. Yes, I was able to look you up, but that was only because your address was attached to the money you sent me when I called my attorney. She googled you using your name and the address I gave her. All she told me was that you were a podcaster who investigates missing person cases. That's it. I don't have any more information about your case or about Logan than what you told me. What I can remember or what is stored in my data retrieved from Vincent and devices, vehicles, emails, and chats. So I guess at the end of the day, we are going to learn to trust one another and work together or not at all. I respect what you're trying to do and I will respect your decision. I look forward to hearing from you soon. If I don't hear from you, I understand, and good luck. Later that morning, I received a call from Monroe Correctional Facility. Because I'm speaking to more than one inmate from there, I didn't know if it was John who called. I emailed him back asking if it was him who called. He told me that it was. He also said that he can't answer any more about Diana, and how he had given me way too much already. I replied to John, letting him know that I would like to speak more about it over the phone. John replied, Yeah, I know why you want to, and I will tell you that if I'm contacted by law enforcement prematurely before I consent, all data will disappear and I will develop amnesia. I am trusting you, James. I want to know the truth. How did you find out about Diana? And how did Vince come on your radar? Tell me, or I'm done. How did you come across Diana's info? I wrote him back, I hear ya. Please hear me when I say this. I'm not here to double-cross you or cause issues with your case. I'm here for Logan. This kid went missing and I'm doing everything I can to find out what happened to him. My motives are pure. My intentions are innocent. I want to share more over the phone. You helping me helps your case. If you're serving time for another man's sentence and Vince and Diana are behind it, you have my support. It's a win-win for the both of us. I will tell you how Diana came onto my radar if you choose to call. I understand if you don't want to, John replied, James, I appreciate your candor, but at this point, all I want to know is the truth about how Diana came up in your investigation. I don't want to call you until that question is answered. You said you would help me if I helped you. I gave you a lot of information, more than I probably should have, and now I'm feeling like it's one-sided. 
and I keep giving but not receiving information. I called you at least six times yesterday. Getting on the phone isn't as easy as you think. It requires standing in line and sometimes waiting an hour to use it. So please be patient. So as I said, I will not move forward unless you tell me what you know about Diana by email. Then I will call you. Otherwise, James, I'm sorry, I won't help you anymore. I'm not trying to be offensive or rude, just honest. So if this is not acceptable to you, then please remove me from your JPay list and stop wasting my time. I mean that in the nicest way possible. Take care. I wrote John back. Okay. You said last night that made up the identity. On Facebook, there's a profile created by that name linked to Logan. There. You have it. I'll be waiting for your call. I've given you everything I know so far about Diana. I hope to hear from you soon. John replied, Oh my god, James. Are you fucking serious? Diana's Facebook is linked to Logan's? So what you need is a link from Diana to right? I'm sorry. I can't help anymore. Have Logan's family contact me, and I'll make them the same offer I made you about the data I have. But I'm done. I'm sorry this is freaking me out, and I can't discuss this anymore. I'm done. Let's pick up where we left off with Vincent. When was the first time that you came out to Washington? Not not necessarily with John, but like, when was the first time you've ever been in Washington State? Never. The first time I came out was the very first time we drove out. So for John to say, Vince had been out to Washington before I broke out, and he says he's got proof of it that you were in Washington in earlier 2016, and he even thought that you'd been out here in Washington in like 2014. No, I would have been in prison in 2014. But in 2016, you, the first time you got out here was in June, July? Yeah, somewhere around there. I remember that he wanted to come out here because he said about Seattle being some kind of like technological mecca or whatever that a lot of people when were in the feds was telling him over here and especially Seattle was kind of like you know the dark web mecca or where people to do like internet crime went which I mean kind of makes sense because since I've been here I learned a lot that you know a lot of computer companies and techies and stuff was out here. For him to say that you and were in Washington before you and John ever arrived, because he said you and were out here buying weed because it was legal, and then she was driving it back to Pennsylvania. No, we had never been out there. He's like, yeah, I got proof of it too, but of course he's asking me for money. Yeah, I'm sure. No, I was selling weed at the time, but I was getting it dropped off in Pennsylvania and bringing it back to, you know, where I lived. I didn't even leave the state for it. I was getting it off a middleman, so. Which, I mean, it, it, it made sense, and if I had connects out there, I probably would have done that, but that's just not what was happening. I was, you know, I was working, and we had the house. There's no way I could just, you know, what all got started and why I even considered leaving with Jonathan was because I had got laid off from my welding job. And, you know, he was like, oh, here, we got all this way to make money with identity theft. So it was kind of like, huh, I can get into that. Got bills to pay. But, no, before that, didn't leave the state. Okay. And so when you first get to Washington, that's not until you're with John, though, right? Yeah, that's not until I was with John. Okay. Um, Do you know a female by the name of... 
Diana Garlock. No. Went to Culver City Senior High, lives in Grampian, Pennsylvania. And this is kind of where it kind of comes full circle. That name, Diana Garlock, last name is very, it's a unique last name. Pennsylvania being where you guys were from, or at least were living, this is where it kind of ties in with my case. Diana Garlock has a Facebook profile that is friends with Logan Schindelman, the guy in my case. Okay. That's where it's, it's a bit odd because Diana Garlock, I'm like, well... Who's a Garlock that lives in Pennsylvania? Well, Vince. <laughs> I. That's way more than coincidence. If John didn't escape until the 25th of May, my guy, my Logan, he didn't go missing until like the 19th or 20th of May. John's like, I got yeah. proof to show that Vince and <laughs> were in Washington in the early part of May. Yeah. Yeah. I. I definitely have proof in the form of a DOC record that shows before March or April of you know, 2015, I was in prison. And after that, I was I had lived with you know a woman who was kind of like my mother figure. I had lived with her, her husband, and her two sons from whenever I got out of prison. That was my parole address. I had worked at a, a place called Morgan's who makes trucks. I was a welder there. I had worked from there clean up until, you know, December of 2015. And, you know, from then I moved out and I started at a place called Gamps in around January of 16. And that's where I worked until I got laid off. And I met John. When did you get laid off? I worked there for about three or four months, so, you know, somewhere around April, April or May, I would say. I'm sure that I could get a a more spot-on date from my wife. Do you mind if I show you what John's response when I asked him who Diana Garlock was? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Do you know who Diana Garlock is? Why do you ask that? That's really weird. Why? Why do you ask that? Well, why is that weird? Uh, I'm, I, now I have to just really, I gotta, I gotta know why you want to know that, know that. Because I, <laughs> that's, wow. Yeah, I know who that is. Who is it? What? James, why do you want to know that? Okay, so... That was the first part of the conversation. John's position is that he knows who Diana Garlock is because Diana Garlock is... Oh, all right. He's saying that Diana or created this profile and is Diana Garlock. And go back to, again, like, what's the connection between Diana Garlock and Logan? If it is... Why is she friends with Logan? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh... I mean, not that I ever known that she had any other Facebook. Uh, well, I mean, she had other Facebook, but not in that name. They've all been... But, uh... He continues on to say the reason why Diana Garlock has that fake profile is because she was luring guys in for some sort of 
like sex traffic or something like that. And he also says uh, that Casey was there the night Dakota had gotten shot. And yeah, I know. I'm sorry, James. Uh, of course, that's just. Uh, I, I want to say that that would be unexpected that something like this would come up, but I kind of, like I said, that's why I said before, I don't know what Jonathan told you or expecting, but stuff like this doesn't surprise me. Of course, there's obviously no, you know, none of this came up during, you know, the case or the cops or none of that. Now all of a sudden, yeah, like I said, now all of a sudden. So for the record, was, was not there the night Dakota was shot. She, of course, had an alibi when when cops went to talk to the people that, you know, multiple people that she was there with that night staying. You know, the cops have texts on the phone from her talking to me where she's at home and our phones are way far apart from each other. And I have no idea who Diana Garlock is. I'm kind of wondering if... He made that up. Well, not wondering. Like, that's what I'm suspecting. Here's the catch on that, though, and this is where it gets kind of confusing, is if he made that up, Logan Schindelman would have had to have accepted that friend request. I see what you're saying. I also think that it definitely is impossible that he had someone do it for him, but like I said, there's no way that it was either of us or that we were out there had anything to do. And it's a shame that she's kind of using this for, I don't know. I know 100%. Uh, where we were at that time and what we were doing. And it definitely uh, wasn't out in Washington doing anything like that. So. so, what's your take on our interview? Do you feel Vince is being honest or do you feel like he's still hiding something? It's hard for me to walk away from that interview when considering all of my interactions with John thus far and think, yeah, Vince is the guy. Granted, I haven't talked with his wife, but we've been in contact and she's agreed to speak. I'll share what comes from it. But again, how do you explain the Diana Garlic Facebook profile? Is this just really a bizarre coincidence? Remember how John ended his last email by saying, I can't discuss this anymore, I'm done? Well, a day or two went by, and guess who decided to call me? Um, do you have any final questions you want to ask? Anything? I did speak with Vincent. He did actually return my call and, and was willing to speak with me and, and talk to me about where he was at in 2014, when he was the first time it was he that he was ever in Washington State. We talked about the Benton City thing and all that. Like you'd said, you got to worry about your case and what you got going on and what you're doing. And, and if that, you know, you want to, you got information that, that would show and prove that him and we're up here. I know you, you've said before, like, hey, this is my asking price and I get that. You're looking out for yourself, which... My plea to you is, is by helping with this case, you're helping your own case, but I understand that you want to kind of keep your cards close to the chest, and I get that. So I asked him about Diana Garlock. I asked him about, you know, when the first time he'd been in Washington. I asked him about Logan. We talked about Dakota, but that's about it. Okay. Well, I hope you got the answers you're looking for, um, but I know that you probably didn't. goes back to just if he was in Washington and in Washington, you know, I would love to be, you know, able to prove that. That way we can look further into it. But what Vince said is, I was in jail in 2014. I was in prison in 2014. Uh, the first time I've been to Washington was with Jonathan when we went up the first time together. Just the two of us. Not with That was the first time I'd ever been to Washington. 
So I don't know if you have a rebuttal to that. From what he said, that was the first time he had been up there. And again, more than welcome to respond to what he's saying, but it's totally up to you. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I, I already know what Vince is. There's no response I have for him. Everything he says is a complete and utter lie. So um, I, I hold true to what I've already told you. Yeah, so uh, either way, um, I wish you the best of luck. I, the only thing I can tell you to do is uh, keep digging with Diana. Keep digging with Diana. That's going to be your key right there. So... Hopefully you're able to find some stuff and maybe check on some of the, the, the sexual websites they have out there because I think you'll end up finding what you're looking for. That was the last time John and I spoke. I feel like my frustration and anger towards Jonathan almost makes the decision for me that he's a liar, murderer, and he's making this whole thing up. But I can't do that in good conscience. I feel like until the Diana Garlic Facebook is explained, I simply just can't put it to rest. And honestly... Part of me wants to play in John's little game. I am curious what he has to say on the spot, how creative he can get, what he has to say about Diana, or if he does have anything. Almost like the kid who stayed up all night to see if Santa is real. As a kid, you kind of already knew the answer, but you just had to see it for yourself. As I said before, the plan is to speak with Vince's wife soon. I'll share what comes from that conversation next time on Hide and Seek. And the only time she ever talked to me about his disappearance or whatnot, she told me the story leading up of what was going on leading up to basically the day they say he disappeared. She freaked out, actually. She did something I'd never seen her do before. She freaked out? What time is this? Two in the morning. What are you saying during all this? I'm mostly listening. I am kind of like, what the fuck is going on? 